yes When you wake up And you feel like you need a little up When you're down and out And you need to get a little higher If you feel like you need a blessing And you feel a little high today Welcome to the church of Cali High Welcome to Cali High episode 61, Jamaica. I'm your host, Chenzo Nico, also known as Vince Nicoletti. And this week we have a special holiday episode for you. Jamaica is the first in a new series of retrospectives called A Work in Progress. It is a story of my search for Rastafarians and their herb and what really happened and the lessons learned. This episode is a true story and is dedicated to the memory of Joe Frank, Richard Hirschman, and Reefred Ward. Jamaica. I went to Jamaica when I was 18 in 1975. My oldest brother Chris, my music mentor and fellow cannabis enthusiast, had told me about a people called Rastafarians who smoked herb as part of their religion. He also briefly mentioned someone named Bob Marley, a Jamaican musician who would be in town soon and Chris was going to see him at the Roxy. Meanwhile, it was approaching the second summer after I finished high school and I had some money after selling high-grade Colombian herb that whole year. And hearing my brother's story of the Rastafarians in Jamaica, I bought myself a round-trip ticket and early in July flew to Montego Bay, Jamaica. I got a cab from the airport and found an old hotel which had once been a colonial mansion. It was all white and the rooms were sparse. It had a certain stuffiness about it. It had hardwood floors and there was a weird vibe to the place. The room was so sparsely furnished, there was just a bed and one small bedside table. There was a balcony that opened onto a view of the expansive lawn that spread out in front of the mansion to a view of the bay off to the west and the Caribbean to the north. It was mid-afternoon in July, and after depositing my things in my room, I decided to go find some Jamaican herb. Walking down the hotel's driveway to the street, I found girls calling out to me, and dealers trying to sell weed. I asked one to get me some herb, and he said we had to get a cab and go up into the hills to find it. I got a cab, and we drove up the winding streets into the hills of Montego Bay, near a botanical garden surrounded by a little shanty town and a few shops and lots of people just hanging out in doorways on the street. We hopped out of the cab in front of the botanical garden, and immediately my guide told me to walk 20 feet behind him, and as we walked, All eyes were on me, the only white guy around. That was a new experience for me. After a bit of a walk, he told me to wait by the garden, and he went in. Not long after, he emerged with a small brown bag, filled with somewhat dried leaves. It was July, and there were no buds yet. Too early in the season, and too late from the one before. And it was then that I found out you couldn't buy rolling papers in Jamaica. Also, cannabis was illegal in Jamaica at the time. I remember taking a cab back to the hotel by myself. 
I was told I could roll up a spliff in a bit of paper from a thin paper bag, a thought I didn't relish. I was beginning to wonder why I hadn't brought a bud or two of my Colombian and a pack of zigzags. Back at my hotel, I rolled up some leaves and some paper from a small thin white paper bag, and as I took a few puffs, realized my room was in no way airtight. That night in the dining room of the hotel, I met a tourist couple in their 20s from South Carolina. They had rented a car, and tomorrow they were driving to the west end of the island to a place called Negril, where there were tropical beaches and fun in the sun. They asked me if I wanted to go with them, and I said, sure. I figured they wanted another guy for security, and I was cool with that. Surely Montego Bay wasn't what I had imagined Jamaica to be like. The next day we were on the way out of Montego Bay, driving down the palm-lined coast above volcanic rock cliffs and white sand beaches to Negril. I had dreams of that drive for years. This was my first trip out of the country and I learned two important things that I would take away for future travels. One, the countryside has friendlier people than the big city usually, and two, Traveling by yourself allows you to experience a destiny that is 100% your own. I don't remember the names of the couple that drove me to Negril, but I am grateful for their help in getting there. Negril has a long coconut palm clad beach which gradually fades into cliffs of volcanic rock as West End Road heads west and then turns south at the west end of the island. I rented myself a canvas tent under the coconut palms on the white sands of the Negril Yacht Club. The biggest yacht there was a dugout log that was fashioned into a canoe. From the Negril Yacht Club, West End Road was dirt and continued west for about a mile past the Awimaway Lodge, named after the song The Lion Sleeps Tonight, which had little wooden huts for rent, and from there the road went up away and turned south. And there I found Rick's Café. Rick's Café was clearly named after Rick's Café American, Humphrey Bogart's club in the movie Casablanca. It was an open-aired tropical bar just set back from the cliffs, 35 feet above the Caribbean Sea below. An oval bar with a palm-thatched roof and no walls, which had a spectacular view of the sunset. There were tourists sipping piña coladas and drinking red stripes while enjoying the view. Just south of the bar was a miniature cove where people were jumping and diving from the cliff. There were regulars at Rick's, and one was the diver who clearly stood out. He was doing pipe two and a halfs into the water below. During my time in the grill, I went from timidly jumping first feet from that cliff to pulling off one and a halfs in tandem with the diver guy. I was on the gymnastics team in high school and one of my teammates had had a diving board where we practiced dives. And so I knew how to dive, but had never dived from a 35-foot cliff. The main character at the bar was Rick himself. Richard Hirschman was an expatriate American from New York who had settled in Jamaica and enjoyed his days snorkeling in front of the cafe. We became friends and ended up knowing each other for a few years after that and eventually I lost touch with him. Rick had a certain world weariness about him and wasn't far from a tropical version of Bogart's character Rick Blaine. Except for the philanthropic movement of refugees and he didn't run guns. Although I did meet him the next year in Miami for 35 pounds of Colombian. 
but that is another story. Back at my tent that first day in Negril, I met a 40-year-old Rastafarian who hung out at the Negril Yacht Club, whose name was Reeford Ward. He had some herb, mostly leaves, and a small battery-powered cassette player. He had only one cassette, and it was Naughty Dread by Bob Marley and the Whalers. We smoked leaves in my tent as the sun was going down, and I listened to reggae for the first time in my life. Reeford put on side two first. So Just Say started playing. The music had an instant effect on me. The funky percussion, the horns, the guitar, and Bob singing, I and I, I know Lego. And where I am, I shall abide. It was exotic to my ears and gave me a good feeling, a feeling of honor and hope and culture. It was a profound moment, and even I knew it at the time. Bob singing about Jamaica, and me looking at Reefer Ward's two-foot-long dreads. This a dreadlock, he said as the song playing referenced the word. The music gave me a somewhat enlightened and encapsulated cultural perspective about Jamaica, Reefer Ward, and reggae music. And there was Bob Marley singing, Cold ground was my bed last night, and rock was my pillow too. This was a seminal moment in my life, a milestone, and a great influence on me musically speaking. When I would eventually go home, I would end up turning all my friends onto reggae and Bob Marley. Naughty Dread became my soundtrack to Jamaica. Reefer Ward and I became friends and we listened to Naughty Dread whenever we were together. Reefer was a vegetarian and cooked his own food which consisted mostly of vegetable ital soup because he had lost most of his teeth from lack of dental care. One day we went on a trip up into the hills of Westmoreland and after hiking up a steep jungle-clad slope, we came to a clearing and there surrounded by the jungle was Reeford's Grow. It was July and the six-foot-tall ganja plants only had leaves. Corn was growing around the ganja. We started a fire and roasted some corn and leaves to dry and smoked them and ate the corn. Afterwards, we stopped by his mom's house somewhere in the rolling hills of Westmoreland. He introduced me to his mom, and she served us lunch. Later, we took a bus back to Negril. The road was lined with tall grasses, and the sun was in the west. Sunlight glistened off grass blades. Palm trees appeared and passed as the bus drove toward Negril. West End Road between Wicks Cafe and the Negril Yacht Club became a daily walk. I remember the mango vendor that would push a cart up and down the road singing out, Mangoes, sweet and juicy mangoes. He indeed had sweet and juicy mangoes, and I bought many from him. For a while I stayed at the Awima Way Lodge on West End Road, which had teeny wooden huts that were barely a step up from my canvas tent at the Negril Yacht Club. Bermuda grass grew between the huts, and it was more lively than the Yacht Club. While there, I met an American guy from Florida who was a few years older than me at the time who had overstayed his visa by six months and who offered to buy mine for $100. I sold it to him because I had a round-trip ticket and wasn't going to overstay my visa, which was on file, and so I reasoned I wouldn't need it, and I didn't. I also remember driving to the Western Union office in Westmoreland to wire my mom for money. 
A week later, I came back to pick up the money. Thanks, Mom. As it turned out, Rick was the only guy around who had any buds. He had a quarter-pound bag of brown Columbia bud pieces and shake. We had become friends and regularly watched the sunset over the West Caribbean while talking about Jamaica, music, weed, and most interestingly, the bar patrons. One glorious afternoon, the sun was setting and was halfway down in the water when a pair of jumping dolphins silhouetted the orange disc. There was also a cute blonde from Florida who I met at Rick's Cafe and who had taken a fancy to me. Somehow we ended up naked in the shower back at her hotel, which was the first hot shower I had taken in weeks. She was sharing a room with her girlfriends and privacy was at a premium. She was there for the weekend and it was a short affair. A fond memory, and yet I can't remember her name. There was a Jamaican lady who sold psilocybin mushroom tea from a little stand in the roundabout near the Negril Yacht Club. She bottled the tea in old rum bottles and lined them up on the stand's counter. One evening, I bought one from her and drank it. I sat on the beach coming on to the tea, looking north toward Cuba. It was a beautiful afternoon and the sun was setting. Now I'm from California and I had only seen wild lightning once in my life from my Uncle Bob's roof in Jacksonville, Florida when I was in the 10th grade. And there are other contributing factors to my reactions that evening, but we'll address the background of my psychology later. Sunset faded to darkness, and I started seeing flashes of light on the horizon to the north. Each flash illuminated giant thunderclouds, and then the thunderclouds morphed into mushroom clouds, and then each flash of light became an atomic bomb flash. Somehow Reefer Ward was with me and I was telling him, I think the US is dropping atomic bombs on Cuba. He looked at me as if I was high and then after a moment of realization, the vision melted back into a thunderstorm on the horizon. Reefer Ward and I never spoke after I left Negril and somehow I would like to thank him after all these years. He would be 87 now. And of those Jamaicans I know now, none have any reports of him. I did get a letter from his niece, who I never met, saying how she saw me and loves me, and will I come back for her. My stay in Jamaica was a life-changing experience, if only for the introduction to reggae. But there was so much more magic in my experience, it has stayed with me all these years. Rick Hirschman and I exchanged numbers, and a year later, he called me from Miami with business, and we'll save that for another story. Epilogue. Reefer Ward taught me many things. One of them was how to grow lamb's bread, which is really a growing technique and not a strain. Become a Cali High patron right now by going to patreon.com slash LA and donating $25, and I will send you the secret to growing lamb's bread. For those of you at the $100 level, I will also send 10 Afghan land-raised seeds for you to practice with. So far, our fundraising efforts have fallen on deaf ears. And so we come to you this holiday with an urgent request. This Christmas, keep the gift that keeps on giving and be generous so we can keep the lights on here at Cali High. Without your help, there may be no Cali High. 
because it becomes more and more difficult to justify to my wife and kids why I'm doing interviews and writing stories that no one wants to donate a few bucks for. Donate now, and you will receive good karma points that will be redeemable at the pearly gates. St. Peter himself will personally thank you, and you can jump the line straight into heaven without ID. Thanks from Cali High. Don't forget, patreon.com slash LA. We appreciate it. Happy holidays, and a merry and a happy Chris Kwanzaa from all of us here at Cali High. You've been listening to Cali High, episode 61, Jamaica. First in a new series entitled, A Work in Progress. Written, produced, and recorded by Vincent Nicoletti. Incidental music by Chenzo. Cali High's theme, written and recorded by Vince Nicoletti, Jordan Webb, and Namir Blade. Cali High podcast, theme, and logo are copywritten and trademarked. Donate to Cali High at patreon.com slash LA. Please like, follow, and subscribe to Cali High on YouTube. Email us with any questions to Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at LA and all podcast platforms in audio. Cali High is a Chanzonico production. Stay safe, be blessed, merry and a happy Chris Kwanzaa, and a happy new year. <laughs>